Danny, I just figured out that if I switch to Metro PCS, I get two Samsung Galaxy phones free. Cool, Dad. And I could be a super dad with two free Samsung Galaxy phones and call myself Double Galaxy Man. Or you could give the second phone to your sidekick. Yeah, I guess I could do that. That's right. Two free Samsung Galaxy On5 smartphones are all yours when you switch to Metro PCS. Metro PCS, wireless figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. This episode of Motherhood in Hollywood is sponsored by Kinza, the world's first smart thermometer. When my daughter Channing isn't feeling well, Kinza is the only thermometer I trust. It tracks temperature, symptoms, and medications, so I don't miss a beat. Find it at KinzaHealth.com, the world's first smart thermometer. Come on, Mama! Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host... Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 22 of Motherhood in Hollywood. I'm Heather Brooker. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. We actually have a really great show. I'm so excited to bring to you youth talent manager Wendy Elaine Wright. Um, wow, you guys, she has some wonderful information. If you're a parent uh, or mom uh, trying to get your kid into showbiz, you have to listen to this episode because she gives some really valuable information. And even if you are in the entertainment industry, um, Wendy has some insights for you and some tips um, and reminders, really, uh, that are really useful. I actually learned a lot from talking to her. So, uh, and considering I know everything, uh, that's a pretty big deal. So uh, definitely hang on tight and listen to the interview from Wendy. Also want to remind you guys one week uh, in one week on coming up on December 7th, it is the Motherhood in Hollywood Live for No Kid Hungry. We are raising money for the No Kid Hungry organization. They provide meals to hungry kids all over the U.S. And even as little as $1 can provide up to 10 meals for a child who is going hungry, a child in need. There are 16 million kids right now in the U.S. every day who are not getting the food that they need um, uh, for nourishment. So you can help. You guys can make a difference. If you can't make it to L.A., go on my website, motherhoodandhollywood.com. Click on the Motherhood in Hollywood Live button, and it'll show you where you can either buy tickets to the show or you can make a donation, which would be much appreciated as well. Our guests for the show are going to be uh, Lori Kilmartin. She's a stand-up comedian from Last Comic Standing and a writer on Conan. And uh, Daniel Koenig, who is a writer for the Playboy Channel, which I love so much. I cannot wait to pick her brain about that a little bit and ask her. I bet she has some really funny stories to share. And uh, she was also a writer and was on um, a show called Parental Discretion a while back on Nick Mom. So uh, we're going to have a silent auction, a raffle. Some other celebrities have said they're going to come by, which, ooh, how exciting. Look at me. She, she. Um, So uh, I'm very excited about that. We're sponsored by BTB Management Group. Big shout out to Nelson Diaz over there. Thank you. Thank you so much for sponsoring this event. It means so much to me that you um, care as much about these kids and care as much about giving back as I do. Now, I should point out to those of you who may, this may be your first introduction to me and Motherhood Hollywood. I'm generally not a nice person. Uh, it's kind of a big deal for me to want to give back. I don't know. I'm I'm just uh, it's not my thing, really. <laughs> I'm really I'm all about me. 
<laughs> um, uh, and I'm fine with that. I'm coming to terms with it. I've had a long time to come to terms with that. But um, after having my daughter Channing, uh, a lot of my perspective on things change, um, as uh, often does whenever you have kids. My perspective changed, my outlook changed, and I decided you know, maybe every once in a while I could do nice things for other people. Don't tell anyone, but I'm actually kind of a big mush pot now. She's turned me into a mushy, gushy mom. Um, but again, let's just keep that between us. Okay. Thanks. Um, I want to give a couple of shout outs really quick to, um, a lot of people who are, uh, just listening to the show and people who've been listening, um, since day one, I hear you, I see you, and I'm so thankful for you. A couple of people I want to mention in particular, Amy Calvert. Thank you for listening to the show. Jennifer Milroy. Thank you so much for, um, listening to the show and listening to me say silly things all week. I appreciate it. And, um, let's see who's on Twitter. Oh my gosh, you guys. Twitter is crazy banana pants. So uh, Rosie Pope and a couple episodes ago said she felt like Twitter was dead and dying. And I'm like, no, because I'm just now like getting onto the Twitter and like actively tweeting. Um, But, you know, nonsense, pure and utter nonsense is what I'm tweeting. You guys are, I'm actually doing this live. Maybe I should have prepared a little more, but nah, nah, why bother? I'm going to look up um, a couple of the new followers we've had over at uh, MIH Podcast on Twitter. Let's see. Ronnie Valentine. Hey, girl. Thanks for uh, following MIH Podcast. Sean Roy Momvelous. Ooh, that's a fabulous Twitter handle. Stay fabulous. Carolyn Wilson, Parent Co. Um, Katie Peel. Thank you so much. And uh, The Fontaines. Looks like it's a music group. Thank you, guys. I see you on Twitter, and I, I appreciate your support of the show and of my podcast. Um, it's been a really exciting week. You guys, we had Thanksgiving this week and I way overcooked food, um, for our small little family and, uh, all Channing ate was a dinner roll. So there's no greater feeling in the world than being a mom and you're preparing all of these wonderful, healthy foods and your child just eats a roll. So it's a little frustrating for me. I'd love to hear what other moms are doing to try to get their toddlers to eat. I know some people have suggested like hiding veggies in the food and, you know, I mean, maybe I could do that, but that also seems kind of like sneaky. I'd rather just let her know what she's eating and get her excited about it. But if that's my only option, let's hide the food. So moms, if you're out there and dads too, share with me your, your tips on how to get, um, my toddler to eat something. But Thanksgiving was great. I've had several really good auditions um, the past uh, couple of weeks and um, have had my wonderful friends come by and um, help me with watching Channing so I could go to those auditions. Mary, thank you. Heather, thank you. Um, I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, And now I hope one day I actually book another role on TV so that um, you can see the fruits of your labor (laughs) and I can see the fruits of my labor. Uh, but it is, it is the plight. It is the life I have chosen to live. Um, but I'm super grateful for it. And I'm really excited for this fundraiser and also really ready for it to be over with because it's a lot of work, you guys. It's a lot of work, um, but all for a good cause. And I'm happy to do it. So um, go buy your tickets, motherhoodandhollywood.com. Also on that site, uh, you can check out my latest uh, writings, uh, writings, Mer, my, my latest pl- post. <laughs> Hello, I've been up since five. 
It also has my latest post for the Today Show parenting team um, and other activities and things that are happening in uh, motherhood in Hollywood land. So, yeah, go there and check it out. Uh, Okay, you guys, here is the interview I did with Wendy Elaine Wright. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. So I'm joined today on the show by talent manager, Wendy Elaine Wright. Wendy, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's so exciting to be here. So tell me a little bit about what you do. What does a talent manager do? Right. So there's there's two different kinds of uh, representatives in the business that manage talent. Talent managers and talent agents. And a talent manager tends to find new talent and then develop them and get them the right into the right acting classes, work with the parents and teach them about how the business works, um, get them to the right headshot photographers, teach them how to go on to Actors Access and LA Casting and upload their children's information so they can create a profile, and start getting experience in student films and small, usually non-paying projects at first, so they can build experience, And then usually a manager will then take a child who's ready to a talent agent Mm -hmm. and say, okay, here's our client. They've had a year of training. Here's their actor's access profile. Um, They've had some audition skills and some audition classes. So we think they would make a good addition to your roster. And if you send them out to auditions, I can vouch for them that they're going to be professional on time, prepared, and do, you know, make you money. Um, What is the age range generally of of a a child actor that you kind of start with? Or, you know, because we see, I know that there's managers and agents that represents teeny tiny babies. Um, But for you, like, what would you say is the age that you feel like kids really start to get it? I like five-year-olds. Like yeah. I mean, I know Cindy Osbrink and the Osbrink agency takes babies. And yeah. um, I think Cinda Snow, who's a talent agent, that's Brittany, Snow, uh, Brittany Snow's mom. You know, she was a oh, manager when she, she started. She still does that. She still does it. I just saw her last weekend. But she, she takes babies. Okay. Um, I, I don't have any interest in dealing with babies or their parents. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's not my thing. You know, you got to you got to be passionate about what you do in life. And I'm passionate when a little child comes up to me and says, I want to be an actor or I want to be on TV or they're one of those kids that likes to do make-believe all the time and their eyes just sparkle and light up when they talk about it. And I know that that's their dream. And then I know that I know how to get that dream to become a reality Mm -hmm. if the parents have the time, the patience, the money to follow through on what it requires. I like it when those kids book their first print ads and their first commercial and their first television show. And I like sitting in my living room watching the TV and seeing my clients on it. It's exciting. Um, I'm fascinated with what you just said a few minutes ago, the term momager. Mm -hmm. Um, There has been some very successful momagers in this town, and there's also been some that have a really bad reputation. First of all, tell me what in your mind is a momager, and how do how do we know? How can you tell the good ones from the bad yeah. ones? <laughs> That's a funny question. Yeah, I like that question. Um, you know, I think a momager, um, by definition, is a woman who's doing all of the work a manager would do, and doesn't really have a manager. So they are doing the, you know, getting their kids headshots. And they have a good eye for what is what works for their kids. They're not the kind of momager mom that, 
you know, says, oh my God, my son is such a good singer. Listen. And then they sing and it's just terrible. It's just terrible. You know, they know when they say my child sings, they really can. I feel like though in this town, even there's a lot of people who think their kids are perfect and, and talented and gorgeous. Yeah. But nobody's going to tell them they're not. Like, you can't tell a parent, like, hey. I will. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. You know, so, I mean, a mom jerk to me is somebody who's, like, really pushing and supporting and helping the child's career move from one level to the next. But sometimes, once they get a manager involved, um, the mom and the manager have to be able to work together to split some of those duties. Yeah. And sometimes the mom major, if they're really good can do better than the manager. They are, maybe can make better connections or different connections or they're more, um, they only have one child to focus on, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes the, a manager can be lousy. They could just get in the way and have a bad attitude and make it so that people don't want to work with that child. I've, I've met parents who are um, bossy or annoying on the set or who think they know more than people have been in the business than they, you know, they've been 25 years in the business and these mothers come out of Oklahoma and don't know anything. And, mm-hmm. and are, oh my God, I'm from Oklahoma. Well, but that's not you. See, I should have said Indiana. You should have said Indiana. So he's going in super smart. So that's yeah, so funny. Oklahoma. Out of all the states, but oh, also dunk. you're right. But, you know, yeah. But there are certain moms that are just like their attitude is so horrible. Like, unfortunately, do you think it's like an entitlement? Like, it's like I had this beautiful, perfect child, yeah. and now, and obviously, they're a star. Yeah. Why don't you see that too? Of course. And I think I understand that. You know, as a parent, that's obnoxious. As a, it's obnoxious, but as a parent, Parent, you know, you have been with your child for years, so you know its talent, you know its charmingness, you mm-hmm. know its its special skills, you know, you know more about your child's abilities than any stranger. Mm-hmm. But the way Hollywood works is people don't walk to the front of the line typically and just push everybody aside and say, I'm stepping in front of everybody. Yep. It usually sometimes those kind of parents come into my office and they're like um, my daughter's ready to be on a series right now. Oh. And it's like, well, so are the other 10 kids on my roster who've been here for two years, yep. meeting casting directors, going on auditions, Hustling. building a reel, and yep. working at this. Yeah. Um, your kid's talented, but so are they, and you don't get to just walk right in front of the line mm-hmm. unless you are funding your own projects. Yeah. Then go right ahead. So what? And do you say that to them? And yeah. they do they hear you mostly, or do you think they're like there's an attitude? I think no. that attitude <clears throat> cannot be penetrated if those people are that stubborn. You know? Yeah. I think. But then that's also that someone you don't want to work with, then, I don't, right? Yeah, I don't want to work with people like that, and yeah. never do. Yeah. So most of the kids then on your roster, um, you have a pretty good relationship with them and their parents. Oh, yeah. And it's, I like to try to create a family environment um, um, in my roster because I, I think it's a hard job to be shuffling your children around from audition to audition to audition to classes to mm-hmm. to workshops to seminars uh, and keep them getting their schoolwork done and make sure they have a life. And I just think it's a lot of work and there's so much to learn. And parents can get overwhelmed and mm-hmm. confused, you know, and sometimes life steps in. One of my clients uh, just got diagnosed with something kind of serious, and she has to go into surgery, and then she's going to be in rehabilitation mm-hmm. for six weeks. And she has my da- her daughter is my client, and her husband has two other kids to deal with. And so I, when she told me about it, I said, well, how can I help, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. she said, can you come watch my two kids while my husband is in the hospital with me? And I'm like, of course. Yeah. And especially when she's moved from... 
the middle of the United States Oklahoma. Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma. And they've left their support system behind. Yeah. They've left their sisters and cousins mm-hmm. and family and friends and all the other people that used to help with kids behind, and now they're strangers. But why do you think they do that, though? What is the motivation for people to come out here? Is it money and fame? Because it can't just be that everybody's like, I want to follow my dream. Because yeah. five-year-olds, they would dream about picking boogers and, like, being <laughs> monsters. And, I mean, you know, like, what? it can't just be that every five-year-old is like, oh, I want to be on TV. No, no, not every five-year-old is like that. I think there's very distinct groups. I think mm-hmm. that there's some kids that come out putting on a show. Yeah. They are doing impersonations, reciting everything they see on TV. They never stop posing. They never stop acting. Those are just little naturals. Yeah. That's what they want to do. You know, whether they're going to stay in this business or not it's a difficult business who knows but then there are the kids that are that have a little bit of talent um and the parents want it for them because they think oh my god my child is so amazing everyone should see what he does when he laughs when he does this and that in fact i had one parent say to me uh, i was trying to audition the kid and he just wasn't giving me much of interest and he's like if you just see what i see at home and it's like well it doesn't matter what you see at home. We're not going to be videotaping you in your home yeah, all the time. Yeah, he needs to do it here in the office where we're casting the film. Yeah. So what do you say, um, uh, I guess, well, I should say, I get asked a lot because I am an actress yeah. uh, about Channing, whether or not um, <clears throat> I want her to be an actor or if I think she's going to be an actor. And, you know, I always tell people if it's something she wants to do and expresses yeah. interest in, then I'll support her in that. But it's not something I want to seek out for her right. because I feel like it is really hard for me to go to auditions and get rejected and like do workshops and classes and headshots and all that stuff. I can't imagine putting her through that if it wasn't something she was really passionate about. I agree with you 100%. I think some parents don't have... A whole lot of other things going on. They're reliving yeah. their unfulfilled dreams through their child. Yeah, that's honestly what I thought maybe it was. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of parents, um, yeah, they want to make it. Mm-hmm. They see the Kardashians. They see Kris Jenner, who is the ultimate momager right She's now, and Justin Bieber's mom. Yeah, um, yeah, they uh, they probably see that and they want a little piece There's of also it. money. And you know, money. If, if a child, yeah. Listen, if I have a kid that's. If I have 10 kids on my roster and they all book a $500 commercial every month, you know, there's money in that. Mm-hmm. If I have a kid that becomes a series regular and is getting paid five to $10,000 a week mm-hmm. for 10 weeks, that's money. If I have two or three kids on a series, that's money. If one of those kids becomes Zendaya or, or uh, you know, Miley Cyrus or somebody who then is now a superstar, mm-hmm. then they get massive um, marketing deals. Oh, yeah. Levi Jeans, $1 million. Yeah. You know, massive. You buy a house with the commission that you get. Yeah. And so, you know, I think every manager or agent, I can't speak for everybody, but typically, I mean, I'm friends with so many managers and agents. Mm -hmm. I, I think we all feel like we do this because we love this business and we love making these these dreams happen for these kids yeah. and, and for adults. And we like to see the success. But when we can get a kid to the next level, the next level, the next level, and they reach superstardom, we get massively paid. Yeah. And it's a big success. And it's a lot of respect from other managers and agents. You know, when you have Tom Cruise as your client and you built him from scratch. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. Isn't there a fear, though, that you take this child at five years old and you build and build and build, and then when they're 13 and they get that big Disney show, they leave you and, and they, they go to a bigger agent? 
or being a manager. Yeah, and I think that's that. You know, there's there's a couple reasons that happens. Sometimes that happens early on before the child is successful. The parents have this impatient factor. Mm -hmm. Uh, This should be happening faster, 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 faster. So I'm going to go to that agency because I think they can make it faster. Then they're going to leave there and go to that agency because they think that can happen faster and switch managers and. and You know, actors do that. Adult actors do that too. Yeah, they can. But I think. You know, there's Sean, there's um, Jack Nicholson has had the same agent, Sandy Bressler, since the beginning of his career. That kind of loyalty is rare in Hollywood. They usually yeah. like to take flight. And what happens is they're on set of their first show as a series regular, and one of the stars of the show comes up and says, you should be with my manager. Yeah. Or you should be with my agent. And the stars get in their eyes and like, I want to be with that oh, agent. yeah, why am I not with William Morris or CIA right. or whatever? when you're new mm-hmm. and you go to William Morris, you're going to get lost over there. Yeah. And as soon as your show is canceled and you're nobody again and you didn't, you know... Yeah. dropped. So some of those people are like, oh my God, I was with a manager or an agent who was giving me everything and got me to this point, and now I'm with an agency that doesn't even know my name. Yeah. I think that's something a lot of people don't realize, too, is that sometimes it's better to be the big fish in a smaller pond than, you know... In uh, in the great big agencies and stuff like that. Now, that doesn't mean if CAA doesn't call tomorrow, I'm not going to be like, well, let me think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure my agent isn't listening right now. Plus, <laughs> <laughs> so she doesn't mean it anyway. Right. I don't mean it. I don't mean it. She's acting. <laughs> no, but listen, CAA is in the is in the business of packaging artists. Yeah. They're packaging them in major corporate deals that make a lot of money. They're not excited uh, about finding a brand new talent and getting them from the bootstraps up. Developed. No, that's yeah. not their thing. Their thing is, okay, I represent Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. If you want him in that movie for $20 million or $50 million, you need to take these three of my clients as well, and that's the packaging yeah. system. Yeah, I read, actually, um, I read a lot about girls and women who are in my category, and uh, Rebel Wilson was one of the ones I was reading about, and she was essentially discovered in Australia, from if I remember right, uh, by CAA, and was in a package deal for um, the Kristen Wiig movie that she, um, uh, Bridesmaids that she was in, and then uh, Pitch Perfect, and like they pitch her as like a package yeah. too, and I'm like, how do I get in the package? Like, how yeah. do I, how do I find a way to get in? There? And that was the first I'd ever heard of that. I was like, what do you mean? She was like pitched as part of like a, a package with somebody yeah, else, exactly. you right. know? And, yeah. um, that's fascinating to me. Yeah, it is. Cause then you've got all these other actors who are just like, uh, trying to just book a two line part on a, you know, some sitcom or something. Yeah. It's like, that's not even in their sphere of thought. in a totally different... You know, typically, you have to reach some sort of success on your own merit yeah. before an agency like CAA or William Morris comes, or ICM, comes after you. Yeah. So if you're... If, if an actress is is selling out stadiums with their, with their stand-up comedy, yeah. a CAA is going to surely be coming after them. Sure. You know, and if they are... Be doing an independent film that goes to con and wins best actor does have like big awards and stuff like that. Them. Yeah. So when you when you meet a child for the first time, what is it about them that you see that that um the, I know you mentioned that they just sort of have that spark or that something that natural talent. Yeah. Um, when you see that, have you ever been wrong? Have you ever no, been like I'm oh wrong. <laughs> no? <laughs> uh, I tell you this though, there's. 
There are kids, if you put 500 kids in a row and line them up and they all step forward, say their name and, and their age and step back, some of them are going to do that with a glow and a shine and a joy and a spark and mm-hmm. create creative expression and the others are just going to stand there like lumps on, 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 mm-hmm. on a log and you can see the difference if you're doing it a long time you can see that a mile away I personally look for kids that I think are going to be stars period mm-hmm. I want a kid that's effervescent that is uh, alive with energy and creativity and enthusiastic expression that speaks up and looks at me and has a strong inner life I pass by any other child, any other kind of child, because personally, I don't want to work with them. I know that what it's going to take in this business is charm, mm-hmm. um, a r- desire on the part of the child to want it so bad. Mm-hmm. They just want to perform. They want to act. And patience. And they just would do it for free. They just, you know, they just love it. They're not even thinking about the money. You know, they don't just you wanna... think, though, that, like, I found that some child actors, it, that... Sometimes can come off as a little insincere, like a little coached, a little bit like, hi, I'm, you know, so-and-so. And And it's like, are you really like that? I want to ask them, like, are you really like that? And Because I'll be in the waiting room sometimes waiting to audition for the role of mom. And I'll see, like, a bunch of kids that are there for the role of kid, you know? Yeah. And um, some of them are just hanging out, doing their own thing. And some of them are walking around the room like, hi, I'm Sally. Right, right, right. Nice to meet you. And it's like. They've been trained on how to be big. Yeah. Yeah, And it seems really insincere. And yeah. I don't know if that's, is that something you're seeing is like a trend that's happening where TV uh, is wanting more real kids, more natural kids? So or? TV does have a trend and sort of commercials for wanting real natural kids. Yeah, like Modern Family is an example that comes to mind. All the kids on that show are really underplayed yeah. and very like naturally. Average kind yeah, of average kind of kids. Kind of kids. And very, well, very except funny, for Sarah though. Highland, she's gorgeous. Yeah, except yeah. for Sarah. But very funny, very talented yeah. kids. Yeah, I think that. You know, those over-the-top, over-trained kids, you know, they're sugary. Yeah, sugary. Uh, they're just not, they're never going to get the parts that are requ- that require naturalness about them. That's not going to happen. But they could get the other kind of parts. Yeah, that's you know? true. So I think every, ki- every, every kid has to fit the role specifically. My friend Carol Goldwasser is a casting director mm-hmm. for Disney. She's, well, not, she's cast so many Disney shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's uh, Austin Alley, every Hannah Montana, Dog with a Blog. I mean, she, she she's just, she can spot great kids and great talent yeah and talent that's genuine and charismatic but genuine and she was explaining to me that the casting process is there's like a box a filter that a casting director looks through that character has to be sassy um sweet and innocent and so say those are the, the things. You need to see, like, the kid's wholesome and sweet and innocent but can be a little sassy. Right. Okay, say that's the description. Right. There's 500 kids waiting out on the sidewalk yeah. to come in. Um, many of them will do a great job, but if they're not sassy and seem innocent and wholesome, it doesn't fit the profile. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times parents will call me and say, can you call and get feedback and just let me know how my daughter did? It doesn't really matter how the child did mm-hmm. at this point. What matters is do they first fit the essence of innocence and that sassy, sweet character? Because that's what they're the first, first audition is to see if that fits. Yeah. Once that fits and is narrowed down to okay, these 40 kids have that element. Let's let's test them. Let's keep going. Let's see the producers. Okay, now it's narrowed down to 10 kids. They all have that element, but I'm certain I'm liking other 
ways of saying the lines and other essences from the kids. Yeah. Now it's narrowed down to three. They all have to have those original characteristics that the, the character required. But now we're checking personalities. We're seeing how they gel and fit with the other actors, mm-hmm. how the parents gel with the people. Yeah. And now it's down to two, and either one of them can do a good job. They both have to sign a contract that says, if I get this series regular role, this is how much I'm going to get paid. Mm-hmm. And then they make the decision. Yeah. And, and sometimes they shoot the pilot, um, and then they recast that role with the one that they didn't pick. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of, you know, rejection is, is, is one of the words, but it's also unpredictability. Mm-hmm. You never know if you're going to go on set, shoot something, and then, then you look on the screen and it's not there because they cut it. Yeah. You just got to go with the flow. And I like the saying by Hugh Laurie who said, um, no, it was Brian Cranston. Oh, yeah, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston said, I go in the audition room, I give it everything I've got, then I lay it on the floor and walk out. Mm-hmm. You have to. You gotta like because otherwise you go nuts. Yeah, you, you know? can't be that kind of. Um, don't you know who I am? Mm-hmm. Who I think I am? And I'm going to be a big star. Look at me. It's not humble. Yeah. It's not. It's and and, and you're going to get kicked in the face because this business is not kind. Yeah. So I think you get everybody who is going to be serious in this business has to really be about becoming a great actor, learning how to prepare their material. Going in and being a professional, being humble, being grateful for the opportunity to act at all, being grateful that you even had an audition because 2,000 people didn't even get one. Yeah. And be genuine and kind and go on to your next audition. And luck will take a huge part of your career. Hey, you guys, I want to tell you a little bit more about Kinza, the world's first smart thermometer. It is the number one tool to give moms peace of mind. I use it whenever Channing isn't feeling well because it tracks her temperature, symptoms, and medications. And the best part, it gives me guidance on what to do next and what mom doesn't want that, right? Kinza remembers all of that information for you so you can focus on what really matters, taking care of your child. Check out Kinza in Target, on Amazon, and at KinzaHealth.com. And that whole um, speaking to um, this business is not kind. I mean, it's true. And that's part of the reason why I would have to seriously consider whether or not I wanted my daughter to go through it because it's hard enough for me as a grown woman to not get a part that I know yeah. I want really bad and I feel like I'm really right for. I can't imagine trying to explain that to my well, five-year-old. I, see, here's what I don't, here's what I tell parents, you know, especially young kids. You don't tell them it's about a part or whatever. You're mm-hmm. just going to go play acting. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're going to go play acting today. And then here's what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to know there's a part coming or any of that kind of stuff. Especially when they're young, you know. Yeah. Um, and then they don't get it. They don't know they didn't get something. They just play acted. You know? They know that they got to go in and they play and perform and, and all that. And oh, yeah, that's actually, I yeah. like that. And then um, if they get the role, now we're going to go play on the set. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go play in front of the camera. Yeah. And then you don't really have to discuss, listen, there's 500 other kids and you're not, you know. Yeah. So... As they get older and they start to say things like, you know, I know there's other kids who want this role, but I'm going to get it. Yeah. And you say, well, you're going to work hard and do the best you can. And some are yours and some are somebody else's because we need to take turns because that's fair. Yeah. I remember, like, reading interviews with, like, um, Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire. And I guess they were kind of coming up at the same time. And <coughs> through Hollywood at the same time. And... 
I guess when he was younger, Leo like couldn't catch a break or one of them couldn't catch a break and they were like, Oh, it's always going to the other one. And you know, (laughs) now, and they both just hung in there and now they're both huge stars. So, um, hanging in there is a big one. Yeah. I think it's, it's the, I always tell people for me, it's the marathon. It's not the sprint because if it was a sprint, I would have been out of breath and done years ago. (laughs) I would have been like, I'm out. So I'm still just kind of, you know, slowly chugging along. And I think that, Part of me wishes that I had started when I was much younger. I think I would have been a lot farther along in my career. As it is, I waited. I didn't figure out that this is what I where I was meant to be until later in life. So um, I envy sometimes the kids who start out earlier. Like, um, uh, you know, when I see they're 18 and they've already got two series behind them. And, yeah. you know, and I'm yeah. like, oh, I wish I, wish I would have done I it. Know. You know, but I don't, I didn't know. Um, back in Oklahoma... <laughs> Um, it wasn't ever an option yeah. to go to LA and, uh, like nobody ever said, well, why don't we yeah. do that? Nobody was talking about that. No, you just didn't do it. Yeah. Uh, same with me. I mean, I started out in the theater when I was a kid and my yeah, mom I was going to ask you, you were an act, you were an actress, sure, right? Sure. And I still am sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, my, my mom didn't know anything about going to New York for auditions, getting yeah. an agent or anything. She knew, um, she was a, a treasure of a theater, of a community theater, and she asked the director if I could have a little part in the play. And the director put me in the little play, and I carried a tray across the stage, and I was nine, and I thought that was awesome. The best, yeah. And then the director asked me, um, would I be interested in a bigger role? And I was like, yeah. And she said, I'd like you to play Frankie in Member of the Wedding, which is one of the lead roles in a, in a play that re- revolves around that kid. Yeah. So that was my second foray into it was was carrying a production. And I rehearsed all summer long with the other two actors that are, have major roles in that play. And I loved every minute of acting. Every minute of it. Mm-hmm. And not just my acting, everybody's acting. Yeah. And the writing and the directing and every minute of a film and the lighting and the just every single thing about show business excites me beyond words and still does yeah. at my middle age now. Yeah. You know? um, even from a child, I would I would look at the television and see my reflection in it and say, that's where I'm going to be, you know, or mm-hmm. I'd listen to a, ra- a record and I'd be like, I'm going to be on that record. So I've done a lot of that. I think some kids know that that's what they're meant to do. Yeah. Other kids, their parents are forcing them. But I think that... What made you transition into being a talent manager? Like, how did that come about? Hmm. You know, the grind of going after the acting jobs can be tiring to some extent. And sometimes when you don't get as far as you want, you sometimes you just kind of go, ah. Right. You take a break, you give up for a little while, you try something else, then maybe you might go back to it. I had been a professional singer for 20 years. I'd traveled around the world. I'd made records. I'd sung on over 60 records and, well, I guess you'd call them CDs and performed with a lot of my idols. And, And I had a really, I made a lot of money in the music business and had a great experience and then one day literally woke up and didn't want to hear myself sing anymore. Mm. And I was like, uh, huh? <laughs> Did you just sort of, what? were you just over, like, uh, burnt out? Or? I don't know. I just, I just did not want to hear myself sing another note. <laughs> yeah. And it was weird because I was like, uh, what am I supposed to do with my life? That's like what I've been dreaming my whole life. Yeah. I don't even understand what I'm supposed to do with that information. Yeah. 
So I became um, a booking agent in the music business, booking other people's. Okay. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I became a talent agent um, in the music business. For, music, for musicians. For music. And mm-hmm. we, I represented the Four Tops and Denise Williams and other age, other big acts. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was done with that business. Yeah. I was like, you know, I'm done with this business. At one point, I said, I don't even care about other people's careers at this point. I'm just freaking done. You just burn out. Yeah. Tired of talking about myself. Tired of talking about myself. Mm-hmm. Selling myself. Selling myself. Marketing myself. I just yeah. got tired of it, right? Yeah. It's like, I don't really want to hear about myself anymore. <laughs> and so let me help other people. And then I, I just took a totally different job. Listen, I said, you know what? I'm done with the business completely. I'm going to go work at an interior design firm. Oh, okay. And I went and managed an interior design firm. Wow. And the man who owned it had a little three-year-old daughter who was the cutest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. So I watched her for about a year, and then she was four, and I just said, oh, my God, that kid should be a model. She's yeah. so pretty. Yeah. And her father and mother said, do you think you could get her into modeling? And I was like, yeah, I think I could do that. Yeah. And I did. I got her. I first of all, I what made you her. think you could do that? Like with all your music background, you were like just felt it in I your. Can. <laughs> I can. I just that confidence. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, when that was me being a momager. You know, you figure it out. You mm-hmm. become resourceful and you figure it out. Mm-hmm. I've seen other actors' careers. I've seen other people's careers. I can figure it out. So what I did was I worked with her in front of the camera, often. Yeah. We shot everywhere. Everywhere we went, I said, "Okay, pose here, pose there, pose there." She loved the camera. Camera loved her. And I put her into beauty pageants, the kind that they give everybody a little crown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, you know, I wanted her to build her confidence. And I, whether she became a model or not, I wanted her to be pretty. And, and she loved spinning in her dresses. And I liked yeah. getting a little award when she was done. And everyone got an award. And she loved it. Yeah. And then I said, it's time to get an agent. So I sent her headshot, which I took, but it was very good. <laughs> it was very good headshot. I took it and sent it to the agent. We went in for a meeting, and they signed her immediately. And my kid worked for four or five years, and she booked tons of stuff. Visa, yeah. Taco Bell, Petco, mm-hmm. major brands, um, just sometimes off her picture. Wow. She just really was a natural actor. Is she still doing it? Now she's riding horses. Oh, okay. She doesn't want to do that anymore. <clears throat> Not into it, huh? And but I now I was hooked. Yeah, because I got it. I like it. And did you start then seeking out other kids? Then I started looking for other kids. Yeah, like if she doesn't want to do it anymore, <clears throat> I, I still do. Yeah. What are we gonna do about that? Yeah, yeah. So I took on you know first I took on a, kids and a couple adults, and I realized that kids are so much easier to get in the door when they're young mm-hmm. than adults are. Yeah, and I would make more money. If I started them younger, and I changed my roster from 20 adults to 20 kids. Oh, wow. And, and it was a very tough decision, you know. And did I, you focus on music at all with them or any sort of singing at, at all? Not a single music-related wow. thing. Mm, okay. Not something you want to go back to or seek out? Because I'm sure if you did enough. music for that long, you probably have a really good ear. I have a great ear. Do people so. just come in and start singing for you and, like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just <clears throat> in my mind envisioning like what an audition for a kid with a yeah. talent manager would be like. Like, this is Susie, and she can sing and dance, and look at all these things she can do. And, and I'm like, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> uh, I, I I go to a lot of showcases. You know, they literally <clears throat> fly me across the country to judge a lot of showcases. So mm-hmm. I was in Las Vegas at the big talent showcase, and then I was just in uh, Dallas, Texas, at the Model and Talent Expo. I saw about 300 kids. Wow. And um, you know, you watch <laughs> some of them. 
will sing and I'll be like, mmm. <laughs> not good. Not, oh not dear. Good. Not good. And um, then they're like, so what's the feedback? Well, I'm gonna tell them honestly, you need voice lessons. Mm-hmm. You your tone is good. You know, um, the fact that you have such passion for it, that's great. But nobody becomes great without a lot of training. Yeah. Exceptions. There are exceptions. Sure, sure. You know, um, some people can train themselves to sing and and they just are superstars. They just can train themselves. But most people need lessons. Yeah. And I always tell them, it's like, would you play sports without warming up? Would you just... Your whole team, just show up on Saturday and play basketball professionally. Mm-hmm. Or would you all be working out in the gym and working out and taking care of your body and playing the games and, and rehearsing what you're going to do in games and, and working as a team? You have to do all that. You have to work every single day at your career so that when a job comes, you're ready for the job. I think, though, with act- acting and entertainment in particular, because of the... Um, <clears throat> social media stars, you know, your YouTube stars, uh, Vine stars, all of that stuff. I think because of um, the popularity of those types of actors and entertainment people, a lot of people think you don't have to have training to be an actor or to be on TV. You just have to do a goofy video on your Vine or, you know and what I mean? That's true sometimes. But and it's true. It's, yeah. It, yeah it's but the true. majority of people need to be trained because having a quirky personality or saying funny things in six seconds on Vine, that's mm-hmm. great. But standing in front of a million-dollar production or $10 million production and everyone's standing there waiting for you to do whatever it is that you need to do mm-hmm. on cue because you were hired for that job and there's pressure, that takes a practice to learn how do I, how do I function and give 100% with that kind of pressure. Not everybody can do that. That's yeah. where the training comes in. Are you seeing a trend at all towards um, more internet-type stars um, and being hired on uh, TV shows and commercials and things like I that? I see that's definitely a part of the landscape now. Yeah. For example, um, I was recently... Someone asked me to executive produce a movie, and they sent me the pitch. It Their whole concept was they picked people that had over a million followers on Twitter to audition. They didn't even audition anyone that didn't have that kind of following. Wow. And I was like, wow, yeah. And what's the reason is that they've got a viewership built in. If the movie goes and they've got 10 actors in there who all have a million followers, that's 10 million viewers. Yeah. Times two, 20 million. Times three, times five, 50 million. Mm -hmm. That's that's major. So that comes into play, but not as often as just the regular way of doing it, but that's now become part of the landscape. You could be PewDiePie, who is like the number one YouTuber, Mm -hmm. and walk into CAA and get a deal with CAA, get signed with CAA, get packaged, do all kinds of stuff, because the amount of followers and viewers, it's clout and it's money. See, that's the part that's so disheartening to me about um, this business and uh, the sort of the direction it's going is because it's like... If I know that that's happening now with younger kids, it's definitely happening with adults or with grown-ups. <clears throat> because if you don't have a big following on social media, it's almost like they don't want to hire you or mess with you or work with you. And it's so sad. It's it's It makes you feel a little bit like, hey, isn't my talent, isn't yeah. all this training I have talent. worth something? Yeah, and I think talent is definitely one aspect of it. I mean, but the you know the technology has changed the business, and it does reach the market directly now. But I don't think it's replaced talent. 
I think the amount of YouTube stars or Twitter or Vine stars or whatever that work is minimal compared to real actors who have training and who have gone to Juilliard yeah. and who've really been putting forth the effort at the actor studio and have been grinding for years. I think they get reputable, great projects that they work with great artists, great directors and great producers on great products and right. projects. And the Vine people are kind of like a flash in the pan. They yeah. have a limited shelf, you know, shelf life there. I want to ask you too, before I forget about a documentary that I saw a couple of years ago about the Oakwood apartments. Mm-hmm. Did you see that documentary? Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so basically the the documentary is about um, parents and families who move out into, there's one particular apartment complex here in L.A., and they all sort of gravitate towards this one apartment uh, complex during pilot season, um, which is when a lot of casting is done for uh, brand new TV shows, usually between January and maybe April, would you say? And this movie sort of, this documentary sort of chronicles the lives of these families from the Midwest and, you know, all over who are coming out here to be big stars or get discovered. Sure. Um, First of all, how, what did you think about that movie? And also, um, have you found that to be the case? Are families like still packing up and moving out here to get discovered during pilot season? Yeah, I thought Oakwood was a very realistic portrayal of what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, some of those kids come out summer after summer after summer Mm -hmm. and don't book a thing. Mm -hmm. Some of them come out and they book right away. Yeah. It's the same whether they live it or not. It's the same story. But, you know, that's. That place, first of all, is so expensive. I don't even know why parents come there and is spend it really? like two, three thousand dollars a month for <gasps> one bedroom oh apartment. Oh my gosh! You know, and you and think it's just because of the name of it? Like it's where all of the you know a lot of kids were discovered, and so they were discovered from the Oakwoods. Yeah, but they also it's because people don't know any different. That's why I write so many books on this business because people don't know any better. Mm. One of the things that really, really, I've seen a lot of is that showcases are put on around the country Mm -hmm. and some companies charge ten, fifteen thousand dollars to attend a showcase. To the parents? Yes. Oh my gosh. And then they use that money of course to make huge profit, but also to pay for agents and managers to fly in from LA Uh and look at the kids. Uh Which if those agents and managers are in that room, it's a legitimate opportunity because mm-hmm. we're really there looking for kids. The problem with that is parents don't know any other way to get into the business, so they pay $15,000. They bring their kids into us, and sometimes it's their first foray into the business, so those kids are not ready. Right. And so we'll sit there. Like I was just at one recently in L.A., um, there were 40 agents and managers, and we were all Ooh. sitting around this big table. There were maybe 75 to 100 kids, um, 99% of them shouldn't have even been there. Mm. Not ready, couldn't speak up, don't know how to act. This uh. is the first thing they ever did. Um, no real personality, looks that will never get them jobs because they either weren't, they were just done right, unattractive, mm-hmm. <laughs> but not funny. I love that you say that because I see people's kids sometimes and I'm like, uh-uh, no, you stop it. Unattractive. <laughs> but you have to be like, oh, so cute. No, I don't. You don't, I do. <laughs> I'm going to send them to you, Whitney. Please. But if they're unattractive and funny... Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah. That, or if they're mm-hmm. unattractive and extremely talented, mm-hmm. that's different. Like Danny DeVito, God bless his soul, he's not an attractive boy. No. But he's funny. And right, he's a right. good actor. And yeah. he's a genuine actor. Yeah. And, you know, 
That's the kind of thing. If the person is genuinely talented and unattractive, then there's work for them because they can play character types. But if you're unattractive and you can't act and you can't speak up and you're not good, why are you there? Yeah. It's that's because the parents really are pushing the kids. Yeah. And we, I was watching kid after kid after kid come up and not speak up and not look up and not do a good job. And I almost stood up and said, why the hell am I here? Yeah. I am ashamed of the people who are putting this on, taking money from these parents when you know darn well these kids aren't ready. Yeah. They need not be here. Take them back to your training centers, train them for another year or two, and get them ready. But don't waste their parents' money to come here. That's ridiculous. So I'm, I'm, I outlaw that. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote... I wrote a book called How to Break Your Kids into Show Business Without Spending a Fortune, mm -hmm. which is what parents need to learn. There are ways to get your kids in the business without being taken advantage of, and you need to do very specific things. Find local headshot photographers that can do a great job. Mm -hmm. And the way you can tell if that photographer is doing a great job is... Go online to some of the L.A. photographers and look at their pictures. Yeah. Alex Kruk, um, Kenneth Dolan, Mark Cartwright, um, Fly Girl Photography. These photographers do great work with kids. So look at what a headshot should look like. And then look at all those kids' pictures. And then look at your local photographer's pictures. And if they look like... Not the same? Yeah. Don't shoot with them. Because it's really amateur, amateur. Amateurish, yeah. Amateurs with the trees in the background and they're leaning on a chair. And, they, you know, they got they got just hats and jewelry and way too much going on in the picture. And it'll never get them a job because every job you look at two, 3,000 pictures. So your picture's got to be strong. Mm -hmm. And then your acting classes. They need on camera. They need improvisation. They need cold reading, a scene study. And they should they should train with six different teachers over the years, not the same little school. Right, right. They should move around and train with lots of different people. And there's lots of things they can do right where they live. If they're not moving to L.A. or New York or Chicago or Atlanta, the big hubs, there's so much that parents can do with kids in their own market. Mm -hmm. I wrote a book called How to Be a Star Right Where You Are, which teaches like 26 things parents can do to get their kids started where they are. Right, without having to pack up and move out and to move the Oakwoods. And your whole family. Yeah. Or divide the family, even worse. Yeah. Which ends in divorce so much. Oh, yeah. It I does. I can only imagine. Who, which husband wants their wife to take one of their kids off to L.A. for a year or two? Yeah. And spend so much money. And spend all that money. And, and get probably very few results out of it. Yeah. And if you realize, like you said before, and you ask very intelligent questions. I mean, Thanks. if you said <laughs> before that this is a marathon... If people could understand that, that this is a lifestyle, like being a doctor is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's a marathon. They need to do well through high school, through all those SATs, through med school, and through their, their whatever that residency is, yeah. mm -hmm. and through their practice and building their practice. That's 20 years, yeah. 30 years. It's no different for an actor. Yeah. You, 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 you go through step by step and never expect anything. Just appreciate everything. Have a goal in mind and work diligently towards it and be grateful for every opportunity along the way. And if this is your passion, you'll keep doing it. For me, 
my passion for this business never left me. Mm-hmm. It just changed. Yeah. So now I don't sing professionally like I used to, but I just produced a movie about a singer. I wrote it, directed it, and produced it, and it's going to film festivals. And now I'm working on the script for the second one. See, that's so cool. See, so you're still you're still connected to the music industry. Yeah, well, See, I love yeah. that um, about you. Actually, I'm gonna um, listen. I'm gonna try to find a way to listen to you sing. Is it on the YouTube? Oh, or? I have several CDs out. They're all on CD oh, Baby. And I'll have to track it down. Things and, and I do sing with a band part time. You know. See, you have you have. I feel like you can't once you're a musician, and I'm not a musician yeah. at all, so I'm clearly don't know what I'm talking about. But I feel like that is kind of in your soul, and you can't like walk away you know you have to have it just a little bit yeah I mean so I'm glad to hear that you do that yeah but I I don't feel like going to auditions every week no I'm I'm not going to do that I don't have that kind of energy that interest anymore in that yeah especially probably no time especially if you have yeah especially manage 30 kids but sometimes someone will call me and say hey you know can you drop these vocals for this record for Mm -hmm. me and I'll be like sure Sure. and the producers I've worked with over the years they know how well I sing and so that's the kind of thing that happens to every artist if you're in this business long enough You've made contacts with people who are fans of your work and they know your talent. Yeah. And they'll call you up. A director called me up, uh, Scott Essman, who's directed many, many films. And he's, he, I was, I've been in two of his films in the last few years. And he called me and said, you know, I have a part for you in my feature that I'm doing if you want it. And I was like, absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. That's the best because way to he get knows a job. My work and I know his work. Yeah. And it's always good. Yeah. That's a great way. But that takes time. Yeah. No, absolutely. So who are the... Um, do you have any uh, of your clients that have gone on to do things that um, are really big? Like, who have you discovered that we would recognize or that we would... Well, I mean, we're just only five, six years into this management company. But yeah. What is happening is uh, my clients are booking major shows now. Okay. You know, at first, they were booking student films and short films, and now they're booking, let's see, Henry Danger... Modern Family, mm-hmm. which is a big show. Extant with Holly Berry, yeah. um, Blackish on ABC, that hit. Um, the Colony on USA. So they're booking TV shows now. That's great. Yeah. And they're booking feature films. My client, Grant Davis, just booked the lead in a, a film called Something Like Summer, which is based on a series of books. Mm-hmm. He shot it this summer, and it. I've seen the dailies. I mean, the film looks great. And uh, my client, Savannah, just booked the lead in a feature film. And all my clients are working. That's great. But if you stay slow and steady, yeah. and you're really prepared, and you work really hard, and train hard, I, I think I have on my roster probably 10 kids that if they keep going, will end up being stars. That's great. That's my goal. Yeah. And I have a couple other kids that, you know, they tend to drop off the roster. Yeah. And you have to replace them. A friend of mine's an agent. She called me the other day. She goes, I'm short on kids. I've never been short on kids before. I need more kids. Help me find more kids. And everybody's looking for young boys because boys are hard to find. There's always like five girls to one boy in this yeah, business. You yeah, yeah. And, and masculine little boys. That's hard because in this business there's a lot of little gay boys. Yes. Not, nothing yeah. wrong with being gay. No, but... But they're very effeminate. And yeah. If you're casting a love story between a boy and a girl, an effeminate boy cannot fit that part. Right. So trying to find masculine, not overly, but you know, right, right. average right. masculine. I'm picturing type. like a five year old with like his dump trucks and right. his muscle shirt. A yeah. dump truck. Yeah, we're the boys, boys. I'm a boy, boy. Yeah. You know, a boy that can play convincingly that he's in love with a girl is what I'm talking about. Right, right. Um, and unfortunately, that's hard to find. It yeah. seems like a lot of. And I'm glad that there are, you know, so many gay kids running around in the show in show business. 
business because they tend to be, the gay boys tend to be very feminine and very musically inclined yeah. and very theatrical and yeah. are great for Broadway. Oh, absolutely. But it's hard to put them in a, a series where it's requiring a, a masculine type of boy. Yeah, yeah. So we're all short on boys. And also what's really big right now is ethnically ambiguous. Oh. That's an interesting term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It means when someone looks at them, they're like, what are you? Which yeah. Oh, oh, whoops. Hold on. My, my Siri just decided to talk to me. Um, they're like, uh, when people look at me, they go, can I ask you a question? And I say, sure. Yeah. And they go, what, what, what are you? What are you? I, and you're like, I'm a person. A dog. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Or, uh, I'm a person. No, I'm yeah. black. I'm mm-hmm. white. I'm American Indian. Yeah. So... That's uh, that's ethnically ambiguous. Yeah. Well, now that is like the trend in Hollywood. They say they used to say back in the old days they mm. used to say like mixed race yeah. or biracial. You know, biracial, yeah. And now you're now what are you calling it? Ethnically, ethnically ambiguous. Because it could be half Chinese, half Japanese, half Hawaiian, half black, half half Asian, half black. And they be honest, that. Wendy, am I ethnically ambiguous? Not in the slightest. I can't pull it off. <laughs> You are Can I pull up from like middle of the United States? <laughs> I am like white as they come. There's yeah. no doubt. Right. <laughs> I'm always like I see breakdowns and I'm like, oh, I could kind of play. I could play Italian. Italian. Not Italian. really. No. No. Not so much. I'm very. I'm very aware very that Irish. I can't. Very Irish. Yeah. Um, Irish, English, Scottish. All of it. Yeah. yeah. Very much. My maiden name was Tilly. Like, oh, Tilly. Oh, you know, like, I'm sh- I, just, I, I just picture them coming over. Oh, Tilly. You know? It was, like, very Irish. There is no doubt. Um, this funny. has been so great. Like, I, you have such good information, and I've been looking forward to this for a while because it's a perspective on Hollywood that I think um, adult actors don't really think about. They just see the kids in the waiting room that are maybe annoying them or, you know, um, yeah. we get caught up in our own worlds. A lot, but I also have a lot of moms that listen to the show, and I think it's important for them to hear um, the perspective that you're sharing because not everybody can be a star. Not everybody can just pack up and move out here, but if it's your dream and you want to try it, why not? Why not? You know? you I mean, that's what we did. Afford it, and if you can do yeah. it. I, I find that I host a YouTube channel called Secrets of a Hollywood Talent Manager. Mm-hmm. I started doing that because... I can only represent about 30 actors at a time. My partner, Wendy Lyles, and I, you know, we have our hands full with the clients that we have. Yeah. And yet there are thousands and thousands and thousands of new actors coming into the business every day Mm -hmm. who are like, where do I start? What do I do? I'm lost. I'm confused. I don't know. And I want to help everyone, but I can't represent everyone. Right. So I was like, let me start this YouTube channel. And every day I'll, or, you know, almost every day I upload videos. Um, There's about 350 videos on YouTube. And I just teach on what's going on. If something's coming up, like I'm having an issue with a actor about something, I just blog about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Or if I get one of my clients gets a role, or if an actor has a question, I just answer it. Mm-hmm. So now there's there's hundreds of videos, and people watch them all over the world. And I will, I sometimes post. Listen, if you have any question at all, post it, and I'll just answer all the questions. Yeah. Um, I've been able to help thousands of actors now at this point. Uh, they are now, because I've been doing it for a few years, and I think I'm the only talent manager in the business who's doing this. So the only talent manager that's giving truth and accurate information straight to an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, they will email me now and say, Wendy, since I've been reading your books and watching your blogs and videos, 
I have gotten an agent. I've booked a series regular. I have gotten this commercial and that. I'm on Broadway. I'm working because of you. Thank you. That's great. And nothing makes me happier at this point. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. So if people do want to get in touch with you, what should they do? Should they, I know you're on Facebook, right? I live on the Facebook. And then also, do you have Twitter, Instagram, and you mentioned YouTube? I do. Listen, if if you Google Wendy Elaine... Which is spelled like walking down a lane. A lane. A lane. Wendy Elaine Wright. You will find me on Facebook. You can find, uh, if you type in secrets of a Hollywood talent manager, you'll find my my YouTube channel. Okay. And you can watch so many. If you're parents, you can watch the videos that are under the playlist for parents. If you're a teen, if you're a kid, um, if you want to find out about auditioning or getting agents or managers, I've set a playlist for everything. And... You can always email your questions to me or submit to me at wawentertainment at yahoo.com. If you have a child that you want to get into the business, you can send me their headshots, their resumes, and I look at every piece of mail that comes in. If I'm interested, I will contact you. But please do not harass. No, and if I'm not interested, I'm going to 99% of the time not respond back because I get thousands of submissions. Yeah, so don't anybody get butt hurt if you don't hear back from Wendy. That just means maybe your kid is not attractive. No. No, no. no. Well, it also might mean I have a child just like you. Right, right, right. And I'm not going to take five kids that are exactly alike on my roster. We try to have one African-American teenager, one African-American in their 20s, one African-American in their their 5 to 10s. Yeah. Yeah. Three. one Chinese in those characters, one Japanese, one Mexican, one white, um, one Eskimo. Yeah, yeah, all of it. You gotta have one of everything. Ethnically ambiguous. An ethnically ambiguous, an (laughs) Italian Guido, eh? (laughs) I I got an Indian kid, you know, we try to have a little of everything. Oh, Indians are hot right now. And drop dead gorgeous kids that I can get to, you know, get them on modeling contracts. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm open to always looking at submissions. And, and believe me, if I find someone who's really amazing, I'm going to convince you to move yourself out here to L.A. See, there you go. Well, everybody, you know how to get in touch with Wendy now. So make sure you go check out all her social media sites. And um, if you think you have the next big kid, feel free to email her as well. And, uh, of course, um, yeah, I, I check out her YouTube channel. You want to make sure I'm yeah, explaining it. That sounds amazing. Locking. It has a lot of questions. There's a new thing I'm doing uh, this year. I came in, I, I realized. It. Parents around the country are just d- thirsty for information. Yeah. And so I'm doing a workshop that is in every state in the country with Carol Goldwasser, who's the casting director from Disney, Robin Nassif, who is the head of the our, the youth group at Media Artists, yeah. and okay. myself. Okay. And we're going to go give a cast, you know, mothers and fathers all the information they need to get their kids in the business. So wow. if there's a city that you're in and you want us to come... Email me and let me know where. Yeah, please do. Um, thank you for coming on the show today. You're welcome. I appreciate it. You've let me like give you a little hard time, and you gave it right back, which I appreciate. <laughs> well, you are so smart. <laughs> One of the smartest people I've ever interviewed with, and I'm oh, grateful thanks. for this opportunity to be with you. Yay, thank, thank you. you so much. I appreciate it. Everybody, um, definitely go check out all of Wendy's social media sites, and also uh, check out motherhoodandhollywood.com, where I'll be posting some notes from our show today, as well as links um, where you can find more information about Wendy and her talent management company. That's it for us here at Motherhood in Hollywood. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Mama funny. Balls. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can seem intense. Like breakup R&B intense. 
makes it easy. Just go to geico.com anytime to update or check your policy without all the extra drama. I even had a gift receipt. Danny, I just figured out that if I switch to Metro PCS, I get two Samsung Galaxy phones free. Cool, Dad. And I could be a super dad with two free Samsung Galaxy phones and call myself Double Galaxy Man. Or you could give the second phone to your sidekick. Yeah, I guess I could do that. That's right. Two free Samsung Galaxy On5 smartphones are all yours when you switch to Metro PCS. Metro PCS. Wireless figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. 